Winners and losers coming your way here on the Big 550 KTRS on this Thursday night. Big sports show, Brendan Weesey, sports columnist from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Ben Fredrickson. Great to have you all here. Our first opportunity to dig in to the, well, growing concerns inside the Mizzou Athletics Department on this winners and losers exclusively inside that department, Ben, what a week it's been. The the shocking news that came down Monday that Desiree Reed Francois was leaving to take the AD job at Arizona. To your credit, and I think most of most of it privately with us, I'm not sure how much you wrote about it or talked about it on these airwaves, but you had made mention to me some time ago about possible dissension between Desiree and those on the board of curators. And I, I don't know how much led to her departure, but man, oh man, there's certainly something cooking there, and it's not good. Well, I don't want to be... I, I always hate it when journalists um, do the thing where something happens that nobody saw coming, and then they go, well, this isn't surprising. Well, if it wasn't surprising, then go write about it, right? Like that... <laughs> It should have been. If it wasn't surprising, then people should right. have been out. But I can vouch for I, you. I can vouch for you. Here. I, I don't. I don't. I am surprised by this. Um, start there. I do think there was some underlying tension and friction. I didn't think it was of the nature that would that would lead to a move like this. So, um, you know, look. Very few Mizzou athletic directors have ever experience times without some sort of internal friction at Mizzou. It kind of comes with the territory. But there had been um, some examples, some very visible examples of of the Board of Curators maybe not seeing things quite the same way as Desiree Reed Francois, or probably a better way to put it was wanting more input or at times even oversight of the athletic director's role and you kind of saw that the the, the, most, the most recent example being the creation of an oversight committee um, that included some curators, and you kind of went, "That's a little odd. Um, that's not exactly something you see at a place where everybody's on the same page." And and what what is the need for that if it's not to maybe alter the direction of of, of the way a leader is trying to take it, or there's some there's some people seeing things different ways. So. That's kind of where I was. I certainly didn't think she was looking to leave, um, and, and I didn't think that they were looking to push her out, but I, I could tell there was some friction points, and I think it was more than I realized and maybe more than a lot of folks realized. But this opportunity at Arizona, um, I think it was a combination of she was reading the writing on the wall of there were some difficulties for her up ahead, and she also liked the opportunity at Arizona, but to say, well, she went to law school there, so this makes sense. No, this this wasn't just purely she had an opportunity that she liked more than one she had at Mizzou. How she viewed the job at Mizzou had changed. Well, so I want to do tonight's show a little differently. We're not, we're not going to go back. We're not going to we're going to pick our winners and losers. There's a cast of characters here, Ben, that we need to examine. And first, gut reaction, winner or loser? I guess we could maybe throw somewhere in between where we're yet to declare, but that's part of the show. And you could be a loser right now and maybe turn out to be a winner down the line. So I, I think the main character in this story is 
Desiree Reed Francois, does she come out a winner? Does she come out a loser in going to Arizona? Because I, I think she takes a lesser job at a lesser conference for less money. I think at least initially she's got to be viewed to coming out on the losing end, right? Or do we look at it in that she's writing her own story? She took the initiative. She made the preemptive strike, Ben, to leave before anybody else at Mizzou had a chance to say, we're pushing her out, we're doing this, we're doing that. She decided to say, no, we're not going to play by those rules. We're going to play by my rules, and I'm out. Yeah, I think it totally depends on whose side of this you're on. Um because you nailed the two visions. One is why did she why did she give up on Mizzou? Why did why did she say okay? There's been some difficulty here. I can't win these curators over. I can't get everybody on the same page. So I'm going to punt and pivot out of a power conference to go to a lesser league. I don't know if she, initially the contract suggested she was going to be taking less money. It sounds like there's been some reports since then about maybe Arizona boosters matching her contract at Mizzou. Regardless. The Big 12 is not a better league than the SEC, and um, it is a it was a ripcord type decision that happened to overlap with the place that she cares about in Arizona. But uh, no one should believe that this was not something this, that this was something that was purely based off of she was dying to go fix Arizona's massive budget issues, which you got to mention that the school's almost two hundred million dollars in the in, in the in the red, Missouri's in the black, in part because of the leadership of Desiree Reed Francois, but they're also in the cash cow that is the SEC. So I think in terms of just jobs, it's a it's a loss in terms of she now has a harder, in some ways, um, and, and less prestigious job in a, in a lower conference. Um, that's just the reality, and that's not a Mizzou versus Arizona comparison as much as it is SEC versus Big 12. If you believe that it was uh, untenable for her, that she was going to at one point be faced with uh, not being able to make her own decision, then finding the best thing that you uh, that you can before that point, then that's a win. And um, maybe that's how that's how she viewed it. Um, I've talked to a lot of different people. Some think that this was that this was the right call for her because she was maybe coming to a collision course with the board. Um, other people think, well, maybe she could have tried to, you know, things can change rapidly better or worse, and maybe there could have been more time spent trying to get people on the same page and that this was almost uh, almost kind of like punting on second down. Um, maybe should have seen it through a little bit. I, I won't say I'm disappointed in Desiree. I think everybody's got to look out for themselves in this business. I, I will say I, I, I'm a little surprised that, uh, that, that she didn't, I want to say try, because I think she tried, um, but that she didn't stick it out a little bit more. Uh, she didn't seem like the kind of person to me who was going to be here for for three and out. That, that didn't quite seem like the message right. that she was putting out. And um, I'm a little surprised, honestly, that that she did that she did decide to make the change. Well, it feels like the job she did here, Ben, was incomplete, and it it's off to a tremendous start. And I mean the. The final call on, on, on Dennis Gates is years away from being made and great first year, not so great second year, but just the, the positive vibes and the buzz, the improved game experience all over campus. 
I think better communication with administration and the athletes. It just it felt like things were on the right road for an athletics department, Ben, that had been much maligned for a long, long time, really since Mike Alden left. And even then, you know, some of the years with with uh, with Mike Alden, it, it wasn't necessarily all uh, all rainbows and lollipops. There were uh, you know there were things going on, and I, you, you felt like there was a, a lot of healing happening, and good things were on the horizon. Be it uh, be it donations, be it performance on the field. That's, uh, you know, Mac Rhodes did something similar. I don't think Mac Rhodes was viewed in all that much of a, of a positive light while he, while, while he was here. That's not the case at all with Desiree. And I, and I, I agree with you. I think that that is disappointment. It, it's disappointing. And, and maybe you put her closer on the losing side of things here because she didn't finish the job. And while going to Arizona, if that's where you want to wind up, I hear the weather is much better <laughs> down uh, down in the desert. If that's your thing, and quality of life will be, even though it's a more expensive quality of life, it I'm sure will be fantastic down there for her and her family. But it's the the move does appear to be rash and. I I think there were uh, there were things left to be done, but you know the the final the final factor here for me, Ben, that that says she viewed at she viewed the situation as one that could no longer be viewed as a winning one on her end is that she pulled the plug while her son is still on the basketball team, and I do think that's that's part of the discussion here. And granted, Jackson's just a walk on; he doesn't play. We all know that. But you are altering his collegiate experience. So maybe he, I guess, could he decide to stay? I, I, I'm sure. Maybe he does. But you're risking altering his collegiate experience by making this move. And I don't think that's something she would have taken lightly. So with all of that in the mix, for her to pull the plug, she really must have thought, this is just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of kids go to, go to college without their, their parents being the AD. So I think he should stay if if, uh, if that's what he wants to do and, and hopefully that, that it doesn't uproot him unless it has to. But that was my main reason for, for people saying, I, I saw some, well, you know, she went to law school there, so this move makes sense. No, this that's not what this was about. She had a connection there, and they viewed her as someone who can fix their budget, and they viewed her as an attractive candidate for their needs. That didn't mean that it would have been returned if things were all copacetic at Mizzou. So that's that's a really bad narrative, and, and your point underscores it strongly. Um, she, and I don't want to put words in her mouth because I haven't talked to her, uh, and she didn't get into the details in her Arizona introduction, and she's not going to say anything negative about Mizzou, but I don't think she felt like she could lead the way she wanted to lead with the, the relationship that she had gotten into with the board. Now, talk to Mike Alden and tell you how many times he felt like the board was out to get him. And he found a way around it. He found a way to work with them. He found a way to to win those battles. It comes with Missouri's job title, um, and that to me is uh, that that's that's just a reality. Um, as you have more wins as the AD, you have more leverage against that group. You get them on your side. Um, 
I, I think uh, if there was one thing that contributed to this, um, it was maybe her her determination to do things in a way that you know that all of this is political in a lot of ways, and sometimes you uh, an AD at Mizzou you do something to help the curators out, and then in turn they help you out, or vice versa, or you you make sure that uh, you know the, the coach the curators are high on in this case that you're that you're in lockstep with and I don't, I don't think Desiree and Eli Drinkwitz had a bad relationship um, but I but I think we all know that she didn't hire him and I think we all know she was kind of in wait and see mode before he had one of the best football seasons Mizzou had had in a decade and I think that Eli is very much a curator's coach. They hired him. They derailed the former AD's search to (laughs) hire him, and they gave him his his extension when she was kind of on the fence. And whether that was the right play or the wrong play, it it played Eli Drinkwitz's in the curator's way. And if if that was a misread on her part, well, then it put her it put her in a bit of a a bit of a jam. There were some other things too. Um, but basically, what what there wasn't was kind of a unified front between the between her role and the board. And ultimately, who is that on? Well, as the AD, you got to kind of manage your managers, and the, the curators are kind of the, the managers in some ways of the department and of the university. Whether that's right or wrong, or whether it should change, that's how it is right now. So I do think um, anytime an AD, any AD, says, "Okay, I'm going to bail because this isn't working." Um, that's part of kind of their job is to try to get all those people aligned and on the same front. She was, if she was facing things that were impossible, then she's got to look out for for herself. I think the the loser, another loser here, it can go both ways. Until until the curators and the university goes out and makes a hire that is proven to be better than the AD who just said, "Yeah, I'd rather go take on the big challenges in Arizona than deal with this." Um, then they're going to be in kind of prove-it mode. And it's too early to say that this is a loss for the, the folks who who were maybe butting heads with Desiree Reed-Francois, but until they say, here's a home run hire that starts to pay dividends, then I think Desiree did accomplish enough and did make enough good changes and improvements that, that they should be feeling pressure now because everybody knows the story. They should be feeling pressure to go out and prove that they didn't uh, – kind of nudge out a performing AD for, for someone who can't get the job done as well. And there's going to be a lot of heat on them. Ben, absolutely, I think the curators are on the losing end here, and a lot of them nameless. I know some have been brought into the discussion through social media. No sense in, in mentioning any names here, as a lot of that is uh, is is hearsay and conjecture at this point. But they have to find the right person, Ben. And as I mentioned, it's been so difficult. It's been incredibly difficult for them to land on that right name as we go back years and years and years. And and, and certainly the glory days of Mike Alden. The funny thing is, you think about the guy Mike Alden replaced it with Joe, it was Joe Castiglione who went to Oklahoma. That was back in ninety eight or ninety nine. He's still at the he's still at Oklahoma. <laughs> and Mizzou has Turned gone through one of the best ads in the country. Golly, and Mizzou's Seriously. gone through uh, AD after AD. Uh, uh, Mike Alden certainly had a long stay, and it probably isn't in. It, we don't lump him into that into that same group here. But yeah, Ben, they need to find they need to find a fit here. And if it comes down to somebody that will follow 
orders of the curators a yes man or a yes woman? Uh, I I don't know. I, I want there to be harmony. I want there and I want there to be a working in lockstep, a synergy, Ben, and and to find that person that's going to get along and and maybe just a, a, a agree with every last whim of the curators. Maybe that's the way to do it. Uh, I, I I'd hate to think that it's you know ultimately going to be in a way a. That there's a shadow athletics director operating somewhere inside the board of curators, but I'd love to be able to see this thing work and work well with everybody involved because certainly there are arguments to be made that this athletics department was uh, was heading in the right direction and then some. So you'd like to find somebody, Ben, that's here for longer than two and a half years, Jim Sterk. Was I guess here a little longer than that? Mac Rhodes was here for basically a cup of coffee. Uh, find somebody that can be here as long as Mike Alden. I, I think that would be the next uh, the next step. Well, Mike Alden's a winner in this because you mentioned the word synergy, and the reputation of Mike continues to grow because he's the last AD to get everybody on the same page more often than not. And Mike's record wasn't perfect, but in terms of survival and doing good things, most importantly being, you know throwing logs on the Gary Pinkle fire and protecting Pinkle until Pinkle protected Alden, uh, that was uh, turns out to be a pretty hard thing to do here. Synergy is something that gets talked about a lot in college athletics. Missouri doesn't have a lot of it these days. Um, the hope was Desiree could maybe bring some more of that, but uh, no, no luck. Synergy means that your university side, your curators, your athletic department, your head coaches and revenue sports are all operating in lockstep. And yep. Missouri has not had it since Brady Deaton was the chancellor and Mike Alden was the AD and Gary Pinkle was the football coach. And it's important to mention those three because the last thing those three did as a unit was get Missouri out of the Big 12 and into the SEC. And that can show you what can be done when your major players are all having each other's backs and on the same page. Great things can happen. And Missouri's been searching for it. They've been searching for it ever since. Um, you know, and, and in some ways, I, I think I think what this group should do now is lean into how it already feels. My sense of the curators right now in Missouri is that they're very pro-Eli Drinkwitz and they're very pro-football. And I'm not saying that's the wrong way to think in the SEC. I think that they view that the best way to improve Mizzou and in terms of sports is to have a a, a, a dominant football program and that if you do that other good things will happen and then you can spread the love around i'm not saying that's the wrong way to think because that's worked at alabama it's worked at a lot of places where they make the football program the crown jewel and then everybody else shines as a result and, and that is the perception i have so if that's how the university leadership feels then they should go out and hire an ad who can help elevate this football program to higher levels along with Eli Drinkwitz and also use that success to to spread the love around. I, I think that it was really telling that you had what one of the last kind of examples that will go down as, um, you know, one of the things that Desiree and the board were maybe not on the full full page about was the big announced renovation project of all the Mizzou Sports Park entities and it was supposed to touch every single sport and every every location was going to be upgraded in this big master plan and what ends up happening um 
It went to the curators for approval. And what came back were football renovations and football-focused developments. I, I think that, that, that an AD that this group hires should be very football-focused because that seems to be where their focus is right now. And that can lead us to a definitive winner when we come back Ban our winners and losers as we discuss the mess in Mizzou Athletics, a special edition of Winners and Losers tonight on the Big Sports Show on the Big 550 KTRS. Glad you're with us. It's a Thursday night. It's Winners and Losers. I'm Brendan Weesey. Ben Fredrickson alongside of the Big 550 KTRS and a special edition of Winners and Losers as we break down what uh, is a very interesting week at Mizzou. Desiree Reed francois leaving to take the job at Arizona. What's next for Mizzou? Well, Ben, I, I think regardless of what's next, a, a power structure has been established, and you talked about it at the end of last segment where uh, grand plans for upgrades inside Mizzou Athletics facilities became upgrades at Memorial Stadium, upgrades for football. So as the smoke cleared on Monday, one thing was very apparent. If there is a winner, and maybe there is only one, there's no denying who that winner is, and it's Eli Drinkwitz, the head football coach of the Missouri Tigers, who is uh, establishing himself after a monster season that he is the face of of Mizzou, and he is, and it's funny because that wasn't the case eight months ago. You could argue it was Desiree, or you could argue it was Dennis Gates. There's no question now. It's Eli Drinkwitz and Ben. If it's not the curators that are making the call and finding someone that fits their blueprint of the next AD, maybe it's Eli Drinkwitz who's going to have the final say on who takes over. Because if uh, if his success continues, there's no doubt, and that's a very good thing for Mizzou. Make no mistake about it. But it's interesting to see how this has shifted uh, very noticeably to the side of Coach Drink. Well, I think that uh, that Eli is showing that he wants to be the face of Mizzou. When, when the AD leaves and the talk turns to unrest at Mizzou and churn, and the next day, he's handing out donuts on campus, and he's sitting courtside at the basketball game, and he's interacting with fans. I mean, he's trying to say, everything's going to be okay. I'm here, and we're good. By the way, we got a good football team coming back next year. And I think that's, that's comforting. It's, it's energizing. Um, and it's exactly the kind of thing that you want to see happen in a place where you're waiting to find out who the next AD is. I don't think Eli can be the AD and the football coach, but, <laughs> but it's intentional. And, and – and it's actually smart, but look, the the story here was pretty clear. Entering last season, Eli was kind of in prove-it mode. We talked about it a lot. He got mad at me for saying it. Not mad, but, I mean, he knew exactly where he was, and he performed, and he went out and did it. And now, you know, now there was no debate that he should get that next contract bump. But entering the season, after last season, there was debate, and Eli – was able to get the, the things he wanted from the curators, and I think the athletic department distanced itself a little bit from that extension. So it empowered the curators when when Eli did come through for him. And not that it should have been this way, but there was a sense, I think, of like, that's our guy, and they didn't have his back as much. And I think it 
contributed to some of the some of the cause and effect that that leaves Mizzou where it is now. But but you're absolutely right in that Eli Drinkwitz is backed by the curators as a group, and he's performed. He's the hot coach right now, and I think his opinion and his endorsement will mean a lot to whoever becomes his next boss. Hypothetically, I mean, yes, the the AD will be his boss, but the curators will be the boss of of the AD. So who's really his boss? It's it's a it's a it's a complicated question at Mizzou. But, but I don't want to present it as Eli and, and Desiree were feuding or not able to work together. I don't think that was the case. We do know always that there's a little different between the coach you hire and the one you inherit. And, and I do think that Eli now is in a spot where if you're reading the room as a candidate for this job who wants to come in and be Mizzou's next AD, you know that high on your list of priorities is to keep the football program winning, keep it successful, and keep Eli Drinkwitz happy and keep him at Mizzou. Do you think it comes down to drink makes a pick and and the curators just rubble rubber stamp it? <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think so. I would think that he will be involved in the whether he's officially involved in the search or just following it closely. Um, I do think his opinion will carry a lot of weight. Um, that's why a lot of people are suggesting Doug Gillen as a candidate. Obviously, he has Mizzou ties previously and hired Eli at App State. I don't think that's a slam dunk necessarily but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be involved in the in the conversation but like we have talked about when it comes to assistant coaches that Eli has hired and networked and scouted um, I, I would imagine that Eli's gonna have the the voice to affect some in the decision making process and, and he probably should he's got a good landscape of feel for what's out there and wh- who can who can kind of be nimble in this Nil era and that's one thing, too, Desiree did a lot for Mizzou on the NIL front, but you know who also has done a lot for Mizzou on the NIL front? Eli Drinkwitz. Eli Drinkwitz has been out pounding the pavement, getting money from NIL backers and donors and getting this thing up off the ground. So, um, you know, there's been rightful praise of Desiree for getting the NIL program going at Mizzou. Eli Drinkwitz deserves a lot of that, too, and, and I think that he has a good feel, too, for who, who can help them grow in that space as well. And you think about, Ben, coaches that are bigger than the school, bigger than the athletics department. I'd say Nick Saban was one down there in Alabama. I'd say Jim Harbaugh was probably that way at Michigan. Sure. There are uh, Kirby Smart at Georgia. You go back years. Bill Self at Kansas. Bill Self at Kansas, a great uh, Coach K at Duke during his – Bill Self stopped Kansas from playing Mizzou until his until he decided he was okay with it. I mean, <laughs> it was it was him, not the AD. Um, so yeah, some guys do affect things at a high level. And we're not there yet with Drink, but the fact that he could choose his next AD, and the fact that he could set up a situation for him to where. He's not going to want to leave. He's setting up a spot to where he could be here for a long, long time. And I think we're just exiting a season where it, not, nothing ever even came close to being real. But you know people were thinking, oh gosh, now we're going to lose our football coach. Look at, look at all these games that he's winning. And he has a chance to set himself up in a spot because really – as long as he's been here, Ben, he had an athletics director who 
hired him in air quotes in Jim Sterk, who again hired him only in the fact that he signed the the contract shook his hand and uh other than that it was the board of curators and jim sterk was busy trying to negotiate with skip holtz in the background and then <laughs> ad number two shows up and didn't hire eli and cer- certainly they were able to get along well enough but now he's got a chance to have an AD that he could operate Ben in lockstep with. So, if it's if it's between if it or if it's a, a healthy medium between the curators, Coach Drink, quite frankly, if it means Coach Drink continues to win and continues to stay at Mizzou while winning, I'd love to set up a situation where Coach Drink has carte blanche to do what he wants within reason, and if getting an AD that already gets along with Eli Drinkwitz, man, make this happen. <laughs> There's There are so many things to come out of this and so many reasons to be a Mizzou fan and, and, and really kind of be bummed this week. This could turn at least a little bit if there is an understanding with your AD and your football coach that makes it makes it a comfortable situation that Drink never wants to leave. And hopefully that means he continues to win and is in a spot that is super comfortable and one that he wants to stay in for the rest of his career. That's also a part of it. But as of right now, I'm operating under the assumption that last year is just the tip of the iceberg, Ben. So find some sort of cohesion and, and make this work to where your football coach is happy. I think that's a, a, a pretty simple request. Yeah, I think Eli's been giving off the vibes of a guy who's looking to stick around. I, I agree. This may be a, this may be a stay, step, step forward in that. Um, he's in the best league. He's got a great deal now, great pay. You're not going to leave the SEC unless you're getting chased out or have pressure that you don't want to deal with. I don't think he has real ambitions to go to the NFL. Um, he's really good in the college space. And I think his strengths are ones that lean toward college more than pro. So, yeah, I, I, I think maybe there's an opportunity here to pair him with an AD who sees things the same way, who maybe not that one that he's worked with before, but maybe one that you know has a familiarity or they just, they just mesh and then go let them do their thing. For those who are listening, I, I think they're going – okay, does this mean Dennis Gates is a, a loser in this or that, that the AD has to have one coach they prefer more than the other? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But I do think the reality is Dennis Gates probably woke up after this and goes, okay, let's see here. I'm having a terrible season. Um, I've lost a program record tying 13 in a row. Um, you know, This is reminding people of a Kim Anderson year. And, oh, by the way, my boss who hired me and extended me after one season just bolted. Uh, it's not as uh, not as great of a spot uh, for Dennis Gates. I don't think it, I don't think anyone is uh, thinking the new AD is going to come in and put him under pressure or, or not want him to succeed. He's got a great recruiting class incoming. But the landscape looks probably uh, less optimistic to Gates right now than it could for Eli Drinkwitz based off of what we know about the situation. And if we're looking for something in between winner and loser, maybe just not necessarily Dennis Gates, but the basketball program as a whole, nervous. 
and nervous yeah. if you're a basketball fan because now there are so many different choose-your-own-adventures that are in play right. here. Because if you're Dennis Gates and suddenly you have an opportunity to go elsewhere, let's just play yeah, devil's Florida advocate State. here. Yeah, Florida State, for example, if that opens up and and they offer it to Dennis Gates and, and that's a comfortable spot for him, I'm not saying it's a better job than Mizzou, and boy, that's going to become a common theme here. Uh, but if he if he looks at his spot here and suddenly he's uncertain about how this is going to play out in years down the line, suddenly the odds of him looking elsewhere, Ben, even with a buyout, would uh, would would start to become a lot more likely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Florida State wants to cough up twenty million dollars for a for a uh, you know for a buyout, but I think Dennis Gates' buyout is astronomically high right now. <clears throat> but um, the, 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 the Florida State question has always loomed, um, and it maybe gets a little more real if there's a change there. And, you know, Dennis felt really connected to Desiree. I'll say this. I thought his comments, poor Dennis Gates, like unfair to him, but he was the first person to address yep. Yep. on the record live that Desiree had left. Um, it happened right before his press conference, and I thought he was great. Yep. I thought his comments were outstanding, and I thought they were genuine. They, they sounded from the heart of, you know, he'll miss her. He appreciated the opportunity she gave him. But this isn't about her. It's about Mizzou, and one person doesn't make Mizzou. I thought those were really from the heart comments that I think I think I trust him on that. Now, it doesn't mean he'll never leave, but I think that was that was genuine. And, look, this – these people in this system, I'll say this, are not—they're much more emotion, much less emotionally unaffected by these twists and turns. They usually see them coming, and they also know that's how it works. Um, they have more mercenary in them than than a lot of them give us credit. A lot of them give them, a lot of us give them credit for because they have to, because you don't survive in that world if you're not able to pivot or to see friends leave and keep trucking along. It's just how the nature works. So I think his situation has changed a little bit. Um, I think he can uh, probably work work fine with it, with a new AD as long as this recruiting class comes in and gets rolling and they start winning games. But uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's interesting how quickly um, things have kind of shifted beneath his feet some. Very interesting. And it's, can we say uh, the biggest winner? Well – you got a oh you've got another winner here, a quick one. Yes, um, but I think it may be the biggest. I think Robin Pinchton may be the biggest winner. <laughs> because it's sure, I'm serious. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sure I know. It seemed like she was she was in in the crosshairs to get axed under the previous regime and had basically been told, okay, if you don't make the tournament, you're gone. Well, yep. who knows now? What right. Happens? She may still get fired, but that's going to be a new ad's call. And also, if you're the brand-new AD, is your first move going to be to come in and fire the women's basketball coach? That's not exactly a splash move. And also, she's pretty well-liked by some fans, and she's pretty well-liked in Columbia. So yep. she may have just bought herself more time yep. without doing a thing. No question about it, Robin Pinchton. Uh yeah, at least given another life here, potentially we'll see if it carries into next year or not. Final Winner or loser, when we come back, Ben, our Mizzou Athletics edition of Winners and Losers tonight here on the Big 550 KTRS. All right, Ben, time to bow around it here. Winners and Losers tonight, our special Mizzou Athletics edition of the program. 
and our our final winner or loser, and I don't think there's much of a debate right now, certainly leaning more towards loser, and that's Missouri Tiger Nation, the, the fan base, the program, the school. How you looking this week, folks? Not great. And when you have another high-ranking official or coach leave your school for either a lateral job or a step down. After a, a month or a month and a half after Blake Baker does not I mean again going to LSU but to be not to take a head coaching job but to take another defensive coordinator job. The inferiority the inferiority complex of Mizzou is back and it took what like 72 hours after the Ohio State win where Mizzou fans finally felt like they could stick their chest out a little bit and be like, yeah, yeah, we've we've arrived. Yeah, Tigers, let's do it. And Blake Baker leaves, and now Desiree leaves. And as you mentioned earlier, Ben, another individual leaves for, again, what we perceive as a lesser job, and it just seems to hit Mizzou a spot like this all the time and there there's just it almost it's almost like there's nothing they can do about it and it's another spot for me Ben really where I think we thought maybe they were coming out of that and now we yeah. get yeah. kind of back to back moves where you're where you're sort of back to square one again for how this school is perceived this uh, it certainly does not help that perception Yeah remember the Cotton Bowl uh, wow! Remember that? It seems like years ago. <laughs> I, I think that is why what we're seeing from Eli Drinkwitz is that much more important because that feeling of malaise of here Mizzou goes again of oh the Tigers can't have nice things and he's he's out in front saying no no we're fine we're going to be good at football next year coming off of a big year everything's going to be okay. We'll see if that's true or not, but I appreciate someone saying, hey, let's let's not slip back into that way of thinking, although some are, and it's totally justified if some are. But I think I think Eli Drinkwitz is really trying to get out in front of that and, and counteract that, and it's noticeable. Um, but you're right. It's When I talk to, to – I, I would say – I would remind him of this if he were standing here, so I'll say it on the radio. When I talked to Moon Choi at the Bragging Rights game – I told him, I said, hey, you guys have really had a lot of good things going on back to back to back, so when does the anvil drop? <laughs> and I wasn't talking about Mizzou getting shelled in the bragging rights game. I wasn't even talking about this basketball season. My, my point was, Missouri, for too long, and I say this as someone who went there and wants to see the program do well, for too long, Missouri has been the hurdler who clears two and trips over the third or it gets over four and falls on the fifth. And you just have this sense of, okay, when things are going well, what's going to trip them up? And this this is their biggest stumble since a run of really, really good momentum. I mean, they, 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 they talk a lot about their, you know, their momentum, and this is, a, this is a significant pause in that. I'm not ready to call it a spill out just yet because I'm actually curious who they hire here. Um, they've been throwing some money around. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, this job isn't appealing. I wouldn't say that quite yet. They've got SEC money. 
They've got a program that's in good shape football-wise, which everybody knows is the most important thing in the SEC. And I, I just want to see who they hire. Now, if it's a dud hire or if it's six months in, there's been there there can't get anybody interested in the job. I mean, that has a shelf life. They need to they need to move on this. They don't need to rush. They need to maybe let the smoke clear a little bit. But I'm I'm I, I'm willing to give the folks who are still at Mizzou time to prove that they can hit a home run and a hire before I say this is a, a fall. But it is kind of hanging in the balance, and change is not good when you have things going most of the time. I would say, and even though I think Mizzou, their fans, we all come out kind of the loser in this, at least appearance-wise, this week. I'm not ready to say, Ben, this isn't a good job. I think it's an excellent job, and it's yeah. gonna it's going to take somebody that understands what you have to do to be successful in it. And there are some obstacles, but if you find a way and if you're if you've got an ability to to work with uh, it sounds like uh, a certain segment of people inside the board of curators that uh, come hell or high water are going to get their way if you can work with that but also work with a football coach that just had a breakthrough season and a basketball coach that had one the year before there's a chance for everyone to live in harmony and us five years later down the road, Ben, remember that little pit stop after DRF left? Man, that, that just like a blip in the radar now for Mizzou. Or it's something that sends us careening down a cliff and uh, eight months from now we're wondering what the heck happened. Yeah. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this. I, I think Desiree left Mizzou in a better place than she found it. I would agree Sometimes, with that. I yeah. think in this line of work, I, I think that's maybe the best view you can do um i i think it would have i would have been interested to see what would have happened if if uh, she would have maybe stuck it out but it's her choice and if she felt like it was time to go then 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 you know the business is the business but i'm with you this is not a bad job and it's also worth adding too that the curators are going to be pretty motivated to help whoever they hire perform at a high level because they know that they're very much under pressure and in the spotlight now too and that's not a place where they like to be and if you're able to embrace it ben and embrace the noise around you and maybe that's something desiree was not able to do i clearly i think that's part of it that she wasn't able to embrace that if you can find somebody that does this is potentially a, a, a top it's a top 10 top 15 job for the right person in this conference Located between two major metropolitan areas, there is so much to make this a major, major job for somebody. Uh, but clearly, got to find the right person. Yeah, and also I'll add this: the last time the curators got involved, they they hired a pretty good football coach, I think. So, you know, I'll give them credit for that. They, they've 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 gummed things up at times. Not always the same curators. I mean, the, the board over the years. Um, but I think we would all agree that. A, a, a pretty a pretty lame search that wound up on the doorstep of Eli Drinkwood so far has been a pretty good thing for Mizzou. But Ben, we'll have a chance tomorrow on our Mizzou game plan to talk about maybe it's all a moot point because we've already had college football's last great season, as you very well know. That was a couple months ago. And let me tell you, a few thousand times. let me tell you, we are getting ready to speed into what quite possibly could be uh, just, well, 
I mean, I guess for somebody like you that just wants a playoff, hey, let's just scrap the whole regular season. We'll just do a playoff. We can talk about that tomorrow because I know oh, you're, thanks you're anxious. Oh, for giving me uh, opportunity to defend myself. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow, folks. Tune in tomorrow to hear Ben's retort. Thanks, buddy. See you, man.